Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In the Can Podcast, Episode 6, which is part of the Barn Burner Podcast Network, where we'll be discussing movies, or as the snooty assholes of the world like to call them, films. This is The Chief, and today I am joined by two of my movie-going colleagues, Sweaty Freddy and my boy John. Freddy, how you doing, man? Doing good? I'm doing well. I turned my hotel thermostat up to 80, trying to cultivate some nice sweat tonight. So you're able to turn it into form there. Yeah, I'm trying to get in character. Yeah, good. John, what about you, man? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I'm just um, drinking some sweet-ass Magnum wine at my parents' house like a 29-year-old millennial should. As any 29 millennial <laughs> should. Uh, glad to have yeah. you on, man. Um, glad to have you on the show. Looking forward to talking some serious movies with you today. And Same. glad you can make some time to join. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Wouldn't have any other way. So today we are talking 2018's Annihilation, uh, which is written and directed by Alex Garland. We will be talking full spoilers. So if you haven't seen this movie, turn this podcast off right now. Yeah, GTFO. Go straight to the fucking movies and check it out. So let me set the intros and backstory of this movie. So let's start out with a quick plot description of this movie. Uh, So this movie follows like a group of military scientists as all female as they enter this weird dimension that's like called the shimmer and the reason it's called the shimmer is it looks all fucking holographic it looks like a pokemon card holographic almost and it just appears out of nowhere on earth in southern florida and it's slowly but surely growing and encompassing everything and so you know we we have multiple teams that go in none come out so then this team of of female scientists in different fields go in to to figure out what the hell's going on and why the shimmer's growing and a bunch of crazy ass shit happens do y'all feel like that's an appropriate plot summary i do one thing i I thought one thing I thought would be super funny, they didn't know that everything was going to jumble up and switch going in. <laughs> and what if it weren't all female? What kind of crazy hermaphroditic shit would come out of that? 
That's true. We can get more into hermaphrodites later. I, I, you know, I'm a huge hermaphrodite guy. I think we definitely need to talk that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so what were you, so uh, yeah, let me talk a little bit about the writer and director. His name's Alex Garland. He wrote a bunch of movies in the 2000s. He wrote uh, 28 Days Later, that zombie movie, and Sunshine. So he was predominantly a writer before transitioning into directing. And his first foray into that was Ex Machina, which came out probably two years, three years ago. And it was kind of a huge hit on the like the 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 film fest circuit. And it's like a real cerebral type sci-fi movie about artificial intelligence um, with Oscar Isaac in it and Don Mal Gleason. And it's really good. And I remember seeing that and loving it. It's, it, it's one of my favorite movies, honestly, I've seen in the last decade and, and wondering more about this guy. And then I realized he wrote these other movies that I knew to be good, but I, you know, I, I had only seen a couple of times maybe when I was younger. So I, anytime this is one of those dudes, and I'm sure you all have these people where they, you know, like, Anytime they put out a movie, you're going to go see it just by virtue of that guy making it like doesn't matter what the content is like you just see his name on it and you're going to go see it. You all feel that way about him or had you heard about him? Yeah, I liked him. I only knew that he directed Ex Machina, um, did not realize until recently that he wrote those other pieces, but definitely thought Ex Machina was pretty awesome and wanted to see more of this one. But Annihilation, like honestly, like I didn't think it was promoted like all that heavily, so I didn't realize that he was the director of it until like, you know, a week or two before I saw the film. So was ex- I actually like, learned that it existed. Yeah. What about you, Freddie? You know, I'm still evolving on the whole uh, director nerd level. <laughs> I haven't gotten quite to that point. So I'm not watching certain directors for projects quite yet, aside from like the, the big names mostly. Um, so I was just excited to see a cool sci-fi movie. Yeah. Moving into a little bit about the movie background. So this is part of a novel series. Uh, the movie is an adaptation of a novel. Um, the series is called the Southern Reach series. And I haven't read any of the books, nor did I know that they existed before I heard about this movie. But, but I think John has, has picked up the first book, Annihilation. What, how do you feel about it so far? What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, man. Um, so I actually had heard of the book before, before the film came out, not putting two and two together, um, kind of idiotically until like very recently knew it was like pretty well reviewed. So I've read probably like half of it up to this point. Admissiously wanted to try to finish it before this evening failed very poorly, but um, very different narratively from the film, like completely different. And I almost don't want to like talk too much about it for your sake. So you guys can actually enjoy reading it right off the bat, like plot wise, like there are only four women instead of five. I feel like in the film, they were like kind of all aligned to like the same goal with the exception of that, like, one freak out scene, which was, you know, warranted. But in this one, there's a little bit more uh, animosity. Like the Jennifer Jason Lee character is kind of like set up, at least in the first hundred pages as the like government, like manipulator villain figure. So um, right off the bat, it's like pretty different. Like they don't have names. They're only described by their professions. Yeah. I've heard that like the, the biologist, the anthropologist, right. the surveyor, it definitely has a different feel tonally as well. I watched a couple of videos of Garland talking about it in the wake of seeing it. He said that when he initially, so he was uh, finishing up the edit of Ex Machina and someone sent him this novel as it happens. Like a lot of times, like when you're, you know, super awesome, what you do, like your producer will send you a novel and be like, yo, I think you'd really enjoy this. You should make this movie. And so he said he read it and then called the writer and said, I don't think I can make this into a movie. He was like, apparently the writer had identified Alex Garland as a dude to to adapt it. And he was like, I don't think he was like, I will, you know, I can make this. But he was like, I'm going to have to change a lot to make this a narrative film. And the, the writer gave him his blessing, of course, and all that. Uh, one thing was to give everyone names because he was like, you can't in movies. You just can't you can't right. have that. You can't have someone refer. You, we need them to talk to each other 
and like refer to each other. And we couldn't ha- do that by profession. It wouldn't make sense. Um, so that was right, one change right. that he made. But yeah, he said, I knew that based on listening to Alice Garden, that he changed a lot of the narrative. And from what I understand, some people aren't super high on the book and were on the movie uh, because, you know, because it was so different. So, yeah, I mean, based on my like kind of initial like read, I think like it's one of those very rare instances where the movie may be better, I think. Because it's like it's told basically like in um, like journal format. So you're basically reading Natalie Portman's like diary entries. So it's very clinical feeling. It's like um, it's definitely creepy as shit. Like it's a little bit more like horror like ish than I think the movie is. Like there's a scene there they describe like the death of a character, I think kind of in the way that was um, that guy that got like plastered to the wall. So that was described like pretty um, grossly. But yeah, I think as of right now, my initial gut is I like the movie more. Yeah. Which, which is a rarity. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so what were y'all's first thoughts about this movie when you saw it advertised or like when you just heard about it um, before we went and saw it? Freddie, go ahead. You know, uh, like we said earlier, it wasn't marketed very heavy. So heavily so um you know black panther kind of stole a lot of the thunder got all the media buzz um but i, I did notice that it was doing pretty surprisingly well for a movie i hadn't heard of critically and i love sci-fi so it really appealed to me wasn't too excited to see natalie portman as a lead because even though i can't help but her, like her as an actress she's been missing for me lately she hasn't hit anything in a long time that really resonated with me, but I, I, I like this film a lot. By you, John? Yeah, I think I kind of um, poured myself out to Rotten Tomatoes on this one, to be honest. Um, I like saw like, the first trailer. I know, yeah, I totally slotted it up for, for a little bit, like review review love. Yeah. So I, like, I saw the trailer um, and thought, yeah, this could go like really either way, it looks like, and then like read the first couple reviews, like saw that certified fresh and was like, hell yeah, I want to watch this. And so I was very much like intrigued and like the minute I like knew it was like going to be decent, I like wanted to see it right off the bat. Cause like, I'm not super well versed in sci-fi, but I feel like there is nothing more satisfying than a good sci-fi, if that makes sense. Cause it is like, I don't know, like an unpredictable genre in a lot of ways. So I was very like eager to see it for sure. Yeah, I, I was, and I sort of alluded to this earlier, but like, I, so I watched Ex Machina and fucking loved it. And then immediately just immersed myself in whatever this dude was doing. And then I noticed that I think, the, literally the next day after I watched Ex Machina, because I watched Ex Machina like well after it came out, a couple of years, and then a preview for this movie came out, and I happened to notice it was the same guy. So I watched the preview, and the preview was all creepy and didn't give anything away, and I was so full in on him. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go see this. is going to be awesome. And then, of course, once the reviews started to trickle in and it being like it was just as good as everything else he'd done, I knew it was going to be good. Uh, there's certain people that are just going to hit home runs every time they come up to the plate, and like Quentin Tarantino is one, you know, like... Ridley Scott is not. You know, there's certain directors that get this sort of like every time they come to the plate, like yeah. just fucking kill it, clear the bases. And Alex Garland seems to be one of those filmmakers. So you can look out for their projects and you know you're going to see something riveting when you go see it. So we'll, we will talk, uh, we'll lead off with In the Can's patented one sin. No conjunctions review. A lot of people cheat, John, and try to add in a little conjunction there and, and, uh, and, and you know, escape the one sentence format. I won't say it was me before, but like 
certain nationals <laughs> on the show have cheated before. So, well, uh, you know, as an English teacher, I, I prepared for this and, and did some made, made sure that a conjunction coordinating or not was not involved, Chief. So no, you're, you're good. good. Well, coordinating, I don't even want to discuss the grammatical intricacies of that. Uh, I've had too many whiskeys to do that. That will be I'll, another podcast. Yeah, another the look out for the Barn Burners grammatical <laughs> podcast. We'll be discussing conjunctions with John. Freddie, dude, uh, give me your one sentence review. Are you actually prepared this time or are you going to be? I'm uh, prepared this time, you douchebag. All right, good. <laughs> Okay, so my one-sentence review or summary, uh, as you might call it. If Picasso was an alien, it would be the Shimmer. That's good. Okay. That Picasso is good. reference in there? Yeah. Uh, you don't hear a lot of art references these days. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, you hear like LeBron James, you know, like it's like the LeBron James of movies, but you don't hear a Picasso reference. The Shimmer just blurs the line between where one thing ends and another begins, and that's kind of what happens when I look at a Picasso painting. You don't really know what's going on there. Who's that other guy? I know that I like to look at it. The Salvador Dali guy, the guy that like put all the impress, like with halfway melted. Yeah. The melted clocks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, what about you, bro? I guess I'm getting my no freaking conjunctions review cherry popping, but I I went more literal in this one. So, um, I said annihilation is a thought provoking, well acted, visually striking meditation on species interconnectedness slash not. Oh, whoa. Hang on. Slash biological crossbreeding. Okay. Okay. I'm a fan of the grammatically correct slash as well. Okay. Um, that's creative. So yeah, all Adjective filled yeah. um, review with commas, not conjunctions. That's good. Yeah. I mean, okay. Oh, okay. We'll allow it. Uh, given your English teacher nature, yeah, I expected some, some tomfoolery in, in this particular yeah. segment. All right. So mine is best sci-fi movie since alien. So Ooh, bold reference. And I'm willing to say it boys. I'm on the record right now, early in this pot. I legit feel that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I do. Dope. Uh, what were right. the like? Did you have any like contenders that made you question that statement between Alien and Now? I guess I should have said best sci-fi horror movie since Alien, um, uh-huh. because I think Ex Machina might be better, a uh, better a better sci-fi movie if you're you know if you're looking at the overarching genre of sci-fi. But I mean, Aliens is also really good. Uh, I would I put Alien Covenant as a contender. In the sci-fi genre, I still haven't seen all of that. Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not as big on Covenant as as Freddy is, but a lot of people are. A lot of people really enjoyed it. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of the other movies that came up. Brazil came up in my head. Uh, the uh, that movie from the '80s. Yeah, I can't really think of all the ones on top. They might come to me later. But I did when I when the credits rolled on Annihilation. That was like the first thought that came in my head was like, man, like. Since I first saw Alien, like I haven't felt like that when I watched a sci-fi horror movie. Like usually they're just kind of dopey and like dumb, like a Chronicles of Riddick type movie, right? Like which is fun, but yeah. not like good or thought-provoking by any means. Or yeah. the Fountain. Did you see the Fountain with uh, uh, Hugh Jackman? Uh, Darren Aronofsky. I, yeah. I didn't see it, but actually I read something comparing the Fountain and um, Annihilation. Actually, really? That's um, funny. I think it was a. That. Yeah, and I think it was a New Yorker piece, or maybe Rolling Stone. I read it the other day, and um, in preparation for this this riveting podcast, and they were describing them them and kind of making like positive comparisons to the two. I was I was lost with the comparison since I hadn't seen the Fountain, but it looked too um, whimsical and like esoteric for me when I like saw the trailers, and I just have not have not broached it. 
Yeah, the uh, yeah. I mean, I, I maybe if you take all the positive aspects of the fountain and then apply, but the the fountain's like it doesn't have a narrative. Like it's just weird. Right. It's like the definition of esoteric. You said that earlier. Like it should be yeah. in the encyclopedia, just a picture of that movie playing <laughs> on the, next to it, and just be like, "All right, here's what that fucking word means," because it doesn't make any sense. And it's it's, yeah, it's hiding it. behind some artsy sort of thing, but really, it's like I don't think you right. knew what you're trying to do, man. Like I just think you wanted to put right. a bunch of weird shit on the screen. Yeah, it just it's kind of seemed like an exorbitant waste of like resources, like yeah, based on what I'd read, and I just I'd take Black Fucking Swan over that any day, I think for sure. Yeah, Black Swan's good, and, and I got a little bit yeah. of that too uh, here. We'll talk a little bit about that in, later. So what? Okay, now I've sort of given away my opinion, but what what genre do y'all think this flick is in, and what did it remind you of, and and re- all related issues to that? It's definitely sci-fi. It's definitely sci-fi. Do you put it in sci-fi yeah. horror? Do you view sci-fi horror as its own separate genre? I think it's like a subgenre of sci-fi. And I actually, I, I debated the sci-fi horror question. I think it's like just straight up sci-fi. I didn't like get the horror vibe as much as I thought I was going to going into it. I mean, there's like the, the couple scenes with the bear and then the ending was like creepy as shit. But I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I thought it was just kind of like straight up sci-fi for me. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it yeah. walks that line. If the, if the line indeed exists, it might be annihilation. You know, it might this might be the barometer yeah. for what takes you into that. The the previews made it seem more horror-y than it was. Yeah, uh, but it, I don't. It had a, a and, and I, it depends on what you think of sci-fi. Is sci-fi it, does it always have an unnerving feel? Is it always giving you that black mirror type unnerving right, emotions right. the whole time? Or is that the horror aspect or can it be a silly movie in sci-fi? I don't know, but I mean, I, your point is well taken and uh, I, yeah, it wasn't like a, that's why it's sci-fi horrors. Cause it wasn't like straight up, you know, right. jump scares and shit the whole time. Um, I think things that happened in it were horrific, you know, maybe just by definition, it was a horror movie, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. It might be the, the line there. I don't know. Now, what movies did it remind you of? I mean, I've, it reminded me of Alien a lot in that regard. What about y'all? Yeah. So you mentioned this earlier, the Ridley Scott reference. It actually, and so this might be a controversial um, opinion. So I, oh, I oh, like controversial Perm- take coming in, burning take right now. <laughs> I like Prometheus, the average viewer. So I thought Prometheus was like okay. I obviously like was not great, but I thought like visually it was cool. I saw it in IMAX as well, which like kind of like slewed me. I was a little drunk when I saw it, so. There's a lot of like um, misinformed, probably predicators that go into it. I think like the whole like concept of like the explorers to an uncharted land component, like the alien franchise definitely like rings true. I think this film is a more like well streamlined, more interesting version of Prometheus. I think Prometheus like was a little pretentious, waxed a little too philosophical, didn't know at all what genre it was trying to be. And even though we don't know what Annihilation was per se, I think that for me, it kind of like com- compared as a much better, much, much better version of that movie to me. I had, had not even thought about that until you just said that. And that's a freaking great comparison. Uh, I, I like, thanks man. Yeah, man. That was, that's clutch, dude. Th- this is why you're on here right now. to make huge plays <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. so yeah, Prometheus, I remember seeing it and I was super hyped, you know, like I, I'm a big fan of the alien franchise and like, it looked yep. really good and a lot of good, you know, stuff going in there. And then it just tried to do too much and did, but yep. tried to do too much, but also didn't know what it was doing. Like it didn't know the points yep. it was trying to make. Exactly. And like there are all these questions about like, where do we come from? And like, what's our purpose and all this shit, you know, what, what is a true, what is an extraterrestrial's motivations? Like, do they actually have any, like we right. assume it's it had that, like, that but it might not be. Yeah. I had that big, like a uh, 
origin kind of like story going for it. Um, but just like really fucking failed and executing it. I feel like. So what, I mean, going right into, uh, the, the movie's plot itself. So what the fuck do we think actually happened? <laughs> like, uh, I mean, cause I think this is one of those movies you can, here's how I couch this movie. I think you could like, right after you saw it, you go to a Denny's and you order like an all-star special <laughs> and, and you get each get a cup of coffee black and smoke a Marlboro unfiltered. And you look at your buddy and you go, man, like, man, what, what happened, man? You know, like, and, and then you all <laughs> talk about it for like till three o'clock in the morning. That's this is that type of movie that is missing from today's movies where like dudes like that can go sit at Denny's and talk about it. Uh, what did y'all think happened at all? Freddie, take it. Something that, you know, I'm not sure quite certain can be completely described. You know, the movie did a good job of laying it out there for you, uh, describing how things got jumbled together. But the end result, I feel, was very intentionally left mysterious. So to be to, to be honest, I don't rightly know what happened other than some uh, <laughs> shit got crossed up <laughs> among people and signals and everything. Can we agree that the shimmer in the inside the shimmer, all DNA and time and matter is in one constant state of being mixed together? Is that is that yes. something we can all agree on? Yes. With escalating intensity uh, yeah. as you near uh, this ground the zero. Yeah. 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 And yeah, refracted, if you will. Yeah, they use that example of like the straw and the glass, like yeah, like prism with light. Yeah, everything's refracting on each other. But that to me, that to me didn't ring true because I didn't like that because that to me demonstrates that nothing was actually real, that it was an illusion. That like uh, that to me didn't seem like mixing DNA. That seemed to me like everyone seemed like they were mixing, but in reality they weren't. But then when we see Portman, she's got the tattoo, you know, of uh, Anya the. you know, the, the paramedic strong will character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jane, the Virgin. Yeah. That's just what we're going to call her from now on. She's Jane, the Virgin, (laughs) Jane Uh, the Virgin with a sassy mouth with the, basically an alien character. Like, I mean, she was right out of alien. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know what, I guess that's what happened. So what, all right. So the end of the movie, uh, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Like what, 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 you know? Yeah. I don't know. And that's like, so for me, that is, and I want to see it again for this reason. I think like, this film did a good job of like giving, I think giving enough like rules, so to speak about like kind of like the environment and like the, the plot, if you will. But, um, I, I need to know what happened to Jennifer Jason Lee's character at the end. Like all of that shit, like in that like little sequence in the sub lighthouse tunnel was obviously like visually striking and really cool and intriguing, but like was very confusing as hell. I felt like everything that happened after that was like, more or less like narratively like easy to follow with like the cloning version of Natalie Portman's character and the ending with like a little bit of whatever it was left in, but like the Jennifer Jason Lee part at the end, I need, I need to know more about, and I, I don't know what the fuck happened there. Yeah. I have no, is it, is it that it must be like this, that this entity is born out of someone like kind of alien-y right. Like, right. It, like did it, she die? Did she transcend? Right. Was it a good thing for her? Or was it a bad thing? Right. I don't know. One thing I didn't she like. Wasn't even she did, yeah. She was talking. I mean, she she was aware of who Lena was, who Portman was. So she's like, right, right. but nothing she said was making sense any longer. And it's right. like almost like she offered herself up to the whatever it is. Right. Like she chose to do it. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminded me, honestly, of like the um, <laughs> another like great movie reference, the ending of uh, fucking Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Kate, Kate, yeah. Kate Blanchett's um, characters. 
it, 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 what's her name? She's like a Russian character. She's like Yelga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like um, uh, Natasha Fatal or whatever from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she like you know had too much knowledge from those alien figures that she disintegrated, kind of like that kind of shit. Yeah, maybe she was so enlightened that she just like it could it, her 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 human body couldn't uh, fucking yeah, make sense. Exactly. All right, quick pet peeve related to that. She used the movie title in her dialogue. I fucking hate that. Yeah, hate that. She did. That took me out she of it. Annihilation, and then like disappeared. I was like, yo, come on, this is Mortal Kombat. And, and I think like, I haven't gotten to this part yet. And I think they do that in the book. I like. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that I've read that they that that part is actually from the the novel too, which is weird. Yeah, I, I mean, it, was, yeah, it wasn't so horrible. Like, yeah, I wasn't so, like, taken out of it that I couldn't deal with the rest of it, but I was like, that's weird. That, like, the, this, this, the spotting's been, or the writing's been spot on thus far. Like, why do we have to resort to some B-movie, you know, DVD and, right. you know, $3 DVD shit? And honestly, uh, like, the title and her saying that, I think is probably one of the more confusing aspects of, like, that, in the entire film. Because, like, on one hand, we're hearing that it's, like, a good thing and it's growth and it's natural and, like, what is the motivation? And then, like, she says, like, annihilating everything which is objectively like a bad word right you know so i think it just like adds like a layer of like confusion and drama that like is kind of cheap it seems like yeah like uh yeah that's like a buzzword for drama like annihilation right. is like, exactly. a word, like a yeah like yeah a, it, it certainly has a negative context but then the characters who interacted with it certainly coming out of it on the other side didn't seem to have that same negative attitude right right even though the word carries exactly. that negative context one thing I really liked too, the movie did was it didn't. And I, one of my huge pet peeves also with movies these days is they feel the need to explain too much to the audience. Whereas this one is very cerebral, like in a sense that yeah. it kind of lets you pick up on little clues and, it, you know, and, and it, it jumps back and forth in time a lot and just expects the audience to be smart enough to keep up in a lot of movies. Yep. Down. And I, I, I didn't bog you down. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't too much, you know, it was just like, it was a movie that upon rewatch, you will develop, and learn more and that is a that is a well-made movie like you should never know everything at the end uh i mean you should understand the basic plot points but like yeah to to, to come out of it knowing everything is means they explain too much probably um, right. and like, i think like to do like english teacher dweeb shit for a second i thought like english teacher dweeb session. let's go yeah yeah back to the conjunctions kind of but um i think that like it did a good job of showing and not telling right like any good piece of writing like shows you the like whatever it is you need to experience without like verbatim like explaining it to you and i think this movie did a good job of that yeah i agree do you think uh, that's why it suffered though uh, on audience reviews versus crit- critical review- reviews i think that's a marketing thing yeah, i think probably that and most people are like kind of dumb and yeah yeah that's what i was gonna yeah, general audience yeah yeah <laughs> tend to be uh all over the yeah. place on how they digest things like that yeah, I can't. I, I think general audiences after their slaying of the last Jedi. So, like, yeah, general audiences are bad. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that honestly yeah. turned me against humanity <laughs> in general. But yes. listen to my two and a half last Jedi, two and a half hour last Jedi. I know, uh, for that. Yeah, I've only I've only skimmed it. I need to I need to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, I'm not telling you. I'm telling the audience, man. I'm telling you know, get in, dive yes. in there and learn yeah. why the last Jedi might be the best Star Wars movie ever when we look back. Uh, yes, general audience. Yeah. Love yeah, <laughs> yeah, we love. Thanks for listening. Do it. <laughs> listen to the podcast. Your, your feedback matters. <laughs> so okay, so like, so the idea is that this kind of like meteor hit this lighthouse, and then the shimmer's based out of that, and we don't know what it's doing. We just, it's reinventing the world and matters. We know it. If this happened in real life, what would you do? What would you do? Would you go right into the shimmer, 
Or would you be like, nah, dude, I'm going to run away as far away from it and let it live out my years and let it eventually overtake like my grandchildren, I guess. Cause it, the, the plot is that like it, it's expanding, but at a very slow pace. So like in like a hundred years, it will have enveloped the entire country. Uh, but the idea of that's kind of crazy, right? Is all these people would start migrating to areas where it wasn't. And then, so it'll probably create like, like boundary wars and stuff. Yeah. And it, and it starts in Southern Florida, right? Is that, is that kind of where it's set? Or southern, yeah, I think it's Florida. It's Florida, yeah. Oh, it's so, the yeah, southern continent of the United States, I guess, and in, in Florida. So, what would y'all do? Y'all going in, or are you uh, are you gonna just let it overtake you? I would say, fuck it, go right into the shimmer. But the minute I saw um, the moving intestines kind of footage, I would get the fuck out of there very fast. Uh, the animals, yeah, scary, not great, but I think the uh, the the alien component would. Um, would dissuade me from participating further and I would, I would leave very fast and go to the, the urban warfare instead. John is talking about a scene in the movie where you see some footage from an earlier, like military team that goes into the shimmer and they find the, the, the girls, the male main characters find this footage and they cut open this dude and his like intestines are like all worms or like are moving around and aren't no, no longer regular human intestines. What do we think that was? Do we think, a worm had like DNA had merged with his intent or like what, what was happening there? I don't know. I thought at first it was like an extra creature, but then like, as the movie progressed, it made it sound like it was like his stuff that like morphed into wormy shit. Yeah. That's, that's the way I interpret it. I, at first I thought it was a creature. Yeah. But then, but there weren't aliens in this movie The the aliens right, were yeah. creatures that had been, you know, melded with something else. Right. It looks like a bad batch of cross contamination. If you ask me. It does, yeah. you're right. Like some hamburger helper. You didn't see any evidence of, of extra creatures even in the aftermath. It looked a lot like how some of the plants were acting, or maybe like a, a fungus type that you saw the way he expanded that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't see any evidence of, of animal contamination, though. Yeah, I feel like we need to use your expertise in the um, environmental world to <laughs> dissect this component of the review. Yeah, Freddie, how come yeah, that bitch lo- turned into a flower, bro? <laughs> Well, shit, dog, you got some flower DNA up in there. That's why. <laughs> some chloroplasts and shit. <laughs> he found what he thought was safe to eat, and he didn't understand the new rules of the of the shimmer. Yeah. A large central vacuole up in her cells. Yeah, yeah. That, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably quite literally exactly what happened. <laughs> you get the like, it's a personality. Bit. So, I mean, like, each of our characters kind of out of a different outcome. Do you do you get to choose sort of what hat like what your DNA molds with? Is it is it according to your personality? Because the movie sort of made it seem like that. And that scene, it definitely made just it her. Seem maybe like maybe just her. Yeah. Maybe your yeah. personality is has been changed by the thing you're molding with to be more accepting of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's deep, man. That's very thoughtful. That's yeah. some Denny's kind of. Like you well, have an what you mold yeah. with because the 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 bear taking some of the physicist Josie her DNA. No, not Josie, Cassie. Cass. Yep. Yep. Um, taking some of her DNA, that didn't seem very um, by choice or, you know, like personality based. They're just proximity based because the yep, bear didn't yeah. look like that before it got a hold of her. Yeah. That shit was terrifying. Uh, I think, <laughs> are you, Freddie, are you going in the shimmer or are you just camping out? I mean, you, so the idea okay. is let's assume you could, you could pass away comfortably of old age before right. it actually affects your life. So, but it would affect your kids. Knowing. <laughs> what i know now definitely not and i probably wouldn't anyway because you know i i would know that no one comes out and i don't have all of these personal issues that everyone else who w- went in there did you know I, i'm pretty content guy i don't see any reason to leave that behind 
uh, like all these other guys who are trying to make up for something and torturing themselves. But there wouldn't be any sort of element of your personality that just wonder what the hell's in there. It definitely be. appeals to my sense of adventure, no doubt. Like your, your sense yeah. of adventure, like to jump on the playground at McDonald's or to do some real shit? <laughs> like to explore. <laughs> I, I really regret that the entirety of the terrestrial planet Earth is uh, explored already, aside from parts of the Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it is, the, it is a new frontier on go? your, yeah, that's true. It's a, literally a new frontier on your home planet. All right. And that's, would, that, that, that think, part excites me. I think you'd me. go in. I think, I think you win. I think we all, if we're all on it, and I'm going to say I would just, I think like if it, this actually ha- it's hard to like imagine if this actually happened and you could do it like, yeah. cause you don't know what, ha- like, right. They could go in and be in fucking Nirvana. Right. You know, they uh, don't come back, but you, but you don't, you, you don't hear from them either. Well, yeah, but the communication's broken down, you know, like it, it could be the portal to heaven. Right. I, imagine, yeah, imagine the religious point. groups. If this had gotten out, like in the movie, it's kept top secret American military. But if this had gotten out, imagine how many people would think it was the rapture, like li- real, yeah. like Christian rapture. That's like the leftovers, the sci-fi version of it. Yeah, I haven't seen the leftovers, but yeah, like I kn- know the basic what it's about. And yeah, I mean, I, yeah, uh, it seems like it would that would happen. I would go in, but I would wait to for, for a lot of people to go. Like I would wait, like to kind of do my research on it. Like I, unless I was in the military and forced to go in, I would be like the some of the last fifty percent of people that went in probably. You'd be like the Jennifer Jason Lee kind of like character observing intensely before. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. I would do like, I would try to get a job there, I guess. And like, and observe it. And then eventually once my curiosity killed me, I would go in. Yeah. So what are some uh, notable overarching themes of this movie that you, that y'all noticed upon watching? Hmm. That's a good question. And it's one that I did not prepare that well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would say like, they definitely were trying to create this like, like sweaty Freddie said this like kind of need for fulfillment in some way for all these characters, which I did like, I think that was something that is missing from the book as well. That there are these like personal drives for like kind of discovery of, of the unknown to like fill a void. Um, I think was a motif that, that seemed to be pretty, pretty relevant and made it like more interesting, I think. Um, and then all the extra sci-fi shit too. That's a theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the idea of, and I mean, like as Jennifer Jason Lee so eloquently put, annihilation. You know that. I mean, like the yeah. idea of that. What that, <laughs> like the, the human race being wiped out. Annihilation. Uh, the idea of. I, I mean, I guess the, the the theme of like an alien invasion isn't this. This is was an inventive way to take on it. Like, yeah. What do they want? Well, maybe they don't want anything. You know, like they, do they have to want something? Like, I realize like in a movie, everyone has to want something, or there's no drama. But like. The, the 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 shimmer and the idea of the extraterrestrial were almost presented as like a constant, like weather or something. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then that you is got cool. the individual women that wanted different things. Some of them on suicide missions. Some of them kind of wanted to find a purpose after they felt like their earthly purpose were, was stripped, either because their daughter died or like. So each of these main characters have these like issues. You know, one's got cancer. Like Jennifer Jason Lee's character, one of them's daughter died. Like one of them, you know, their husband died. Uh, so they each have these own personal issues, and the, the, one of the themes is. Uh, that you are what was self-destructing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Jennifer Jason yeah, Lee yeah. goes on this tangent and I thought it was pretty cool. And that apparently, is it in the book, John? Um, kind of, they've mentioned that a little bit. Um, they're, they're kind of insinuating that these four like women do have like some, some issue. And, um, and the, the, the Natalie Portman character again is the narrator and in the book and they reveal this pretty early on. So this isn't revealing much, but the Oscar Isaac character, her husband, um, comes back mysteriously. Like that reunion is kind of described similarly 
but um he dies like after like a couple months of being like outside the shimmer and so so yeah their their motivations are, are kind of similar um but they're they're tweaks to the narrative too freddie what, what kind of themes did you see um definitely the self-destruction was the only one i could pick out of there honestly <laughs> theme wise uh, and i guess has to deal with your issues and your self-loathing yeah freud would have had a really good time with this film i feel like yeah right well he would have assumed everyone wanted to bang each other that's basically what yeah. he he, yeah. like, he had the, the death urge not the not the sex one but yeah 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 uh okay so let's move on to the acting uh in this movie so we kind of do our categories that are basketball based so we start off with who gets the most buckets in this movie aka best acted uh what do you think john who you got for best acted most buckets so i'm like i'm gonna give a long-winded or I'll try not to be too long-winded. No, we I'm love it. Super, I'm super biased towards this actress because I think that she is like good in everything, and I don't, I don't know really know why I like her so much. Um, but I love Jennifer Jason Leigh, and I thought that like her involvement in this film was kind of like a. She, I guess she just does like weird shit. She's like not like in a specific genre. She's not like an over actor to me, and what I've seen her in. Um, and so I liked her character, I think, the most as well in some ways. Um, even though she was kind of like flat and not like didn't have like any like major like dramatic scenes until the end. So I, my vote is for Dr. Ventress, the psychologist, Jennifer Jason Lee is the, um, the most buckets. I think that Gina Rodriguez was really good in her, um, harshing that Jane, the Virgin vibe and her freak out scene was like <laughs> pretty strong. And I love Tessa Thompson of Veronica Mars fame. One of my favorite high school, um, noir detective shows from the early two thousands. Um, but yeah, I have to go with Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, I had picked her also. Oh, really? She, she just Dope. really sold that whole dry, uh, kind of like cold calculating. Uh, you come mm-hmm. with me, you're not coming with me, but I'm I'm sticking to my guns. You know, really detached emotionally. She has a very surgical uh, vibe in this movie uh, that is that is cold, and you don't know whether it's her personality or whether she just do, is normally a warm person who just doesn't like these women. She's with, what, what's going on? But uh, it was yeah, consistent she was, with she her, was tone, kind of magnetic, her facial man. expressions. Yeah, it, it she really sold it. So she, yeah, yeah. I thought so too. She's she's a kind of a character actress. Like she mm-hmm. she like she, I think I look forward to the rest of her career too. Just kind of showing up in these roles and just killing it. And in these weird characters, like for instance, she's in uh, Hateful Eight. She plays she uh, Daisy awesome. Dunn. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so she's a chameleon, right? Imagine these two roles. They could not be more different from each other, but she's incredible at both. And after you watch her in it, you can't imagine anyone else playing that role. And I think yeah. that kind of defines like an incredible performance. And I think she's also like really funny in a lot of stuff that she's in. And so like that this was so like, and the antithesis of that, I think like made it even more like interesting to me. Cause I loved her in, um, I mean, she was funny in Hateful Eight, but, like, did you guys see Margaret at the Wedding? Like, the Noah Baumbach movie with Nicole Kidman and her? No, I haven't. Um, no. It's, it's good. It was, like, really kind of small, but um, she's awesome in that. And it's just, like, quirky and charming and, like, again, very different from what she was in this. I, I, I watched. I think she's good. Have you all seen Good Time with uh, Robert Pattinson in it? No. I haven't, but I heard it's good. Yeah, it's, it just showed up on Amazon Prime. Watched it last night. Little quick Jennifer Jason Lee uh, tangent. She's in it. She plays exactly the same, like just a little bit part, but she just makes the most of it. And like it's it's a weird part. Like she she's like the girlfriend of Pattinson's character, but she's like a much older woman. It, it's yeah. and it is a it, that is a stressful movie. 
y'all. Like, I highly recommend it. I'm still thinking about it. I watched it last night. Uh, so check that out. But that again, out. Jennifer Jason Lee doing, and she and that character is way different than Domergu or Doctor Venture. So it's just uh, she's an exciting actress, mm. and I'm glad she sort of hit this renaissance where like everyone can appreciate yeah. her outside of the little indie flick she does. Right, right. All right. So I, I, I got to I got to defend Portman, man. I got to defend Home Court right now. I, there's something about her, and I don't know what it is, but she has this sort of unlikable in the public thing and i don't know what it is i think it's to, i don't understand why people have it and i think it's not to it. like Anne hathaway levels but it is there and and, and i feel like the people that that, uh, that have it can't ever explain it and they almost acknowledge how they don't understand yeah. it but so it's like an in, untan, intangible untangible like unlikeness and I, that, that's a horrible thing <laughs> for a person to experience <laughs> uh but she in every movie she's and maybe she's honestly her playing fucking padme in the prequels i honestly think george <laughs> lucas ruined her career yeah. Uh, that might be it because our generation grew up with that right and she, you know she has to deliver this laughable dialogue hell me the fact that she recovered from that at all is pretty impressive she yeah just that was my first exposure to her so she- <laughs> yeah same she has this unique quality and this is what um this is what alex garland saw in her too he was talking about why she was cast she's able to and he articulated it better than i could someone's going to copy what he said she's able to like present a very feminine poised on the surface individual and with the cracks underneath that you can see, you can see there's cracks there. You can see she isn't quite as put together. She presents herself, but uh, you know, you see it in black Swan, you see it in even a garden state, you know, she's more of a, you know, a, a wallflower in that movie, but like still she appears more confident and put together than really the, the turmoil underneath is not so. Uh, and so I think she, that, I mean, that's, that is Lena. That is this character in the movie. I don't know about the book. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I, I, I thought she was a great choice and I can't imagine who else would play this role. Like try to imagine like a Jennifer Lawrence in it, right? Like you just can't do it. You know, or imagine <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I mean, imagine just anyone, like I can't imagine maybe like Emma stone, but she, I just can't buy her shooting the assault weapons or ever being in the army. Right. But I can Portman. Portman's got, yeah. she looked good with that thing. She did. And, and yeah, that, and, you that know, was a badass scene. And she, the way she could pull that, she, the way she pulls that off, despite the fact she doesn't at all look like that, is some, some, a quality that not a lot of modern actresses possess. Like uh, I don't, I don't know what I it agree. is. She does a great job at playing someone who has some baggage. And yeah, I mean that's I agree know, that's acting. And maybe she channels her real life baggage into it. But uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? Not, not these podcasts. Her business cheat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I contacted her to join us, and she sadly <laughs> she's too busy. Uh, but she, you know, she's going to come she in. She said she has uh, a lot of personal stuff going on. Yeah, she did. She said she had a lot of. Per- yeah. She said yeah, she has a secret mission she can't talk about next week. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, no, she was yeah. objectively like really good, and she, I think, she is like good in everything. So I would posit to y'all that that exact quality I'm talking about earlier was the reason you didn't pick her. Like, I, I think you had a weird thing that made you not pick her for whatever reason, even though she probably is objectively the best. <laughs> no, actor I stand by my pick. I I stand by it too. I. I, I posit that I just like Jennifer Jason Lee a lot and okay. her and everything. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I, I love how she... I, I do. I do like Natalie Portman too. And I think black Swan is probably one of my, I don't know if, if favorites too strong, but like I, I liked that a lot and was like surprised by how much I like that. Like movies in the past decade. And I thought she was awesome in that. And, and she's good in everything. She is. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad we had a little discourse there. All right, moving on to our next award. We have the Sixth Man Slash Woman Award. This is the actor who makes the most of their role 
with limited screen time. Uh, I think I, I can probably assume a trend here, uh, but I, y'all go ahead. Uh, Freddie, who you got? I was going with uh, Tuva N- Novotny. Novotny. Okay. Cass. Yeah, yeah the, she the, didn't. She died off a little too soon. Um, but I was like, I noticed I was starting to care about her character uh, right when she died, and I didn't know why. And I had to attribute that to her acting and, or, you know, her. she was really putting out some empathy in a, in a movie that was otherwise severely lacking. And I think that was uh, what stood out to me. I pick, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and give my pick just to change it up. I got Oscar Isaac, man. Oscar Isaac, it might be my favorite. I think I'm willing to say it on the record on in the can. I think Oscar Isaac might be my favorite working actor today. Like I, I there's something about him that I that I just gravitate to. And he is, he's able to take whatever role in, in however minimal screen time he gets and, and make it into like, you feel like he was in a lot of this movie, but he's not, you know, but like his handprint is on it, you know? And, and I think he's just incredible in every role. And he's just like the way he, he plays two different people in this movie, basically. Right. He plays like the weird alien shimmered him. And then he plays the real him and he's got these flashbacks. There's like flashbacks to him and Portman's character, like ha- happily living together. In the question Did of you whether you have like a southern accent and like that last scene with him, like being like recorded right. in like video footage, that was weird. I didn't know he like it was because like he was supposed to pick that up from someone else. Right. And he was meshing that's with what it. I figured too. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking good. No, that's. I think yeah. you need to read the little viewing. stuff about this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I. So I mean, you know, when Not he shows up, off, I just wanted to. No, that's that. that's a good point. Feel free. I, I, like when he shows up, and like he's you know, and it's the, the one, one thing I like about this movie to sort of dive into the narrative real quick is that it like escalates. It is it is a it is a lesson in escalation. Like it starts out in uh, well, it starts out like kind of in this weird scene where Portman's come out of the shimmer and like it's the flashback, but then it go, flashes to like academia and her teaching a class. Then it flashes to her painting her walls at her like suburban house, and then every scene after every minute gets weirder and weirder. And, until the yeah. end when it culminates and maybe the weirdest scene I've seen in the movie in a while. And so like, I liked that, how it was one constant escalation. It wasn't like, you know, with little pepperings here and there back in time where they give us a little information about why we care about these people and how they're not, they're actual humans and not just like, you know, soulless characters in the shimmer. Uh, so that was one thing I liked. And, and so Oscar Isaac shows up and like, you know, and Natalie Portman is, uh, thinks her husband's been dead for a year and, and, you know, this, this, like he shows up and he's like, you could tell something's off, you know, but you don't know what it is. And like I, in that scene where he's sitting there at the kitchen table and talking to her mm-hmm. about it, it's just so fucking good. Like I, I think on rewatch, like I just, I, I just, I was watching him the whole time in every scene he was in. Uh, and so I, I wish he honestly thought about giving him the most buckets, but I, he just wasn't on screen enough. I, I love, I love Oscar. I've got a man crush on him. He is he is man crush worthy. He's he's wonderful. I agree with, with both of you. I think because um, I, I wrote like a note or two about uh, Tuva Novotny's character, and I, I do think the empathy component that Freddie said is is right on the money. I like I cared more about her, like I think in some ways than the other characters. And she yeah. And then Oscar Isaac is is great in everything. I agree. I actually picked um, though Benedict Wong. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lomax right. Yeah, I yeah, thought of him. yeah. So I picked him um, just because I thought his like interactions with her and those like kind of like you're saying those escalating scenes, like kind of revealing piece by piece, like that Ventress has cancer, that like this character's dead, this character's alive. 
Yeah. I thought he delivered all that interestingly and his, his, I don't know if it's just his voice or his presence, but it's like, is he menacing? Is he helpful? Is he caring? I was kind of guessing about him um, through a lot of it. And so my, like my six man slash woman award was a tie between him and the guy that got cut open and like pasted to that wall. Cause that was like super scary. And I didn't like seeing that. <laughs> yeah. Guy came and in like, clutch. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. Clutch we'll dying him. like that and, and leaving him laughing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lasting yeah, that sci-fi was, image, you know. That's something I haven't like. Was, that's was. like that's like what I'm talking about, right? As you like have these sci-fi yep. movies. That's like an image that is shown on like a Rotten Tomato slideshow of like the best sci-fi horror movies of the past hundred years, like you know, fifty years. Yep. From now. Like, and that definitely uh, gets into the horror thing. I, I agree with you there. That that was creepy as shit. What a horrifying way to go. It was like your body grown. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. And his skull was like in different parts of the wall. It was, it was disturbing. I didn't like that. Yeah. It, it was legit unnerving. Like I, I was what? uncomfortable watching that part and not knowing yep. like what was going to happen. And there weren't a lot what of cheap jump scares, but there were enough. Yeah. I was waiting on like him to be like, Bleh! you know, yeah. but, then, but I'm glad they did. Right? Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, that's any lesser filmmaker would have fucking put that in there. But yep, then yep. Carlin's like, no, nah, I know when to do that and when not to. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, so no love for Gina Rodriguez or Tessa Thompson, huh? Tessa Thompson, I forgot she was in Thor Ragnarok. She played the Valkyrie in Thor Ragnarok. No, I, so I like a, her a lot. What a different character, this character and then the Ragnarok character. I actually haven't seen that yet. Oh, shit. Well, Freddie has. Freddie, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that I've was heard cool. she's great. Yeah, she's great. Like probably the best that I can think of off the top. I had the best female Marvel role. Maybe someone she in the plays Black a Panther. great a like villainous asshole in um Westworld. Have you guys watched that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah that she's is good in that too. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so time to move on to one of my favorite awards, the Leonardo DiCaprio Overacting Award. Where we and I hope John doesn't like DiCaprio. I, I'm a I'm an anti DiCaprio guy. Dude, where we champion. I, one key I mean, actor I, that really escalated yeah. his or her performance by screaming, yelling, crying, or slobbering a lot. The Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> so, do you I mean, like I told him you about my, uh, Not really. I mean, I I saw The Revenant. I think I told you this story, but I saw The Revenant with Katie like on opening weekend, and like was a little um in my cups and influenced by substances, and was like <laughs> screaming how bored I was in the middle of the theater and how cold he was, and yeah, I just I wasn't into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I appreciate the um, the Leo hate. I think he's really overrated. Yeah. Who do you who 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 gets who, given that who gets this award in this movie? So I given that I really didn't think anyone deserved it, and so I feel kind of bad giving it to Gina Rodriguez, but I am going to give it to her because her like scene was the most akin to like the the adjectives you've used in this description. Yeah. Um, but I thought she was really good in that scene. So like I, I think agree. She, she did the yelling, she did the crying, she did the you know guns in the face. Um, so I'm going to give it to her, but I, I liked it. It's a positive give for me, not a negative one. Yeah. And it's possible the DiCaprio award can work. Yeah. It's not, you know, it doesn't mean that it didn't work. It just means that, you know, that, that was the, that was their method at that point. Yeah. Uh, yep. I agree. I, I give it to Gina Rodriguez too. Like, uh, cause you just have to, there's no real, all the other performances are very subtle and understated. Yep. Um, which is sort of as this movie goes, but she was the one kinetic personality amongst all these people. Um, and I, I was, I was fucking fully like, I, when a scene like that comes up, I'm either fully in or I'm making fun of it in my head and there's no in between for me. And, and like, I, scenes like that where they're like manufacture drama, intense scenes, like where, you know, the person 
who wrote it and like or the when they were directing it they were like oh man like this is gonna be so fucking intense <laughs> like you know that some guy said that at some point like oh intense yeah like yeah. Uh, but and it, but it worked like it and you like i liked how they were all like uh gagged so but they were trying to talk and you could kind of understand what they were, the points they were getting across and um yep. and you of course you as the audience you know it's the classic example where you know more than the characters so you're like oh shit like she, you know, she Portman's character hasn't told him about her husband and all this. So the scene really worked for me. And then the bear yeah. scene was actually really fucking right after that, the bear comes in and they're all still like strapped. Uh, that was really intense. Like, I, I, again, I was into it like that. I could be like, oh, like sighing during that. But I was in and you guys could disagree, but I was fully I invested at that point, like fully, fully invested. I agree. And I, I thought the um, the cast like screaming through the bear was like super disturbing. Oh, and, like, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, so that that whole scene, I thought I agree. I was I was into it. It was um, unnerving as shit. You could scary. hear the, the I mean, the, the theater too is like you can always tell because like everyone was really quiet and and you every now and then you hear a hush like oh like you'd hear that and so you could tell other people felt the same way. Yeah, that's that where it creates a cool environment to see it in. Freddie, yep. who you got, buddy? Yeah, I definitely had Gina as my over actor as well. Yeah, <laughs> wrote that down. But let's not rule out someone named. Kristen McGarity, who played the Lena double. Who I mean, played it almost who? looked like ballet at times, and that seemed a little extra to me. <laughs> Good research. You mean, you mean that chick that was in like the silver costume? Yeah. That played the, the, image? the morph suit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a Halloween the costume. chrome morph suit. Yeah, I wanted to wear a silver Halloween costume and mimic someone's movements all night. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, true. That's that's under under the radar pick there, Freddie. Appreciate you doing the the research there. <laughs> Let's move on to the ISO play. So that is our single greatest acted scene by a performer. Um, who y'all got? Who do you got, John? I'm curious to know your answer on this. Uh, man, I don't know. This I, this is the one that I struggle with the most. You know, I think uh, I I debated this in my head. I really like the scene with um, Tuvan Navani on the boat, like talking about like kind of the characters backstories and i thought that was like really subtle but like really affecting in like a way that i wasn't expecting it to be and i kind of i i went into it thinking her character was going to be like the throwaway one just because she was the least famous of everybody and that's i think why that that scene like kind of did it for me that said i thought everyone was like consistently good throughout the whole thing but like that one to me like i thought was really really good in like an understated way what about you freddie um oscar isaac in his little goodbye on the film right before he does the uh, phosphorus grenade. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the best. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really cool, man. Oh man, that was, that was, I keep like remembering parts of this movie that, cause the whole thing was good, you know, and you just like start pulling nuggets out of your brain. And you're like, man, that oh, was yeah, I remember. You remember? Uh, <laughs> I like the, uh, the Portman scene. If you take all the scenes of Portman, where she's in the where she's like after the shimmer and like with Benedict Wong's character. If you string all those together, I think those are really good. Like I love, yeah. I fucking love when a movie. I knew I was gonna love this movie the second it opened, and the first shot is her sitting in that chair and like the sterile. You could hear the fluorescence, you know, like that that sound of the fluorescent lights, and she's sitting there and like this guy's like in a hazmat suit, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And I was like, all right, I'm oh this is gonna be good. Like I was just ready to dive in and disappear into a movie. Uh, and so I just thought that was good. Like she is something's wrong. She can't explain. She can't articulate everything that went on. This guy like Wong's trying to figure it out and everyone's just watching through this glass and, and you're wondering like, 
is she okay? You know, is, is she going to turn into a monster at any point? Like, I think that was another great Portman scene. And of course the mm-hmm. scenes were broken up throughout the movie, but uh, yeah. that one where I loved, I've already said it, the Oscar Isaac, when he shows back up and that whole understated scene where he, he's kind of the same thing. He's like half, he's out of the shimmer and, and those sort of similarities and those performances were great. I mean, understated yeah. is good. Yeah. And scored to the musical stylings of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. We can't um, <laughs> not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, a What's helplessly hoping action. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, anytime you work some classics uh, into the plot, kind of it is can yeah. be cheap and shitty and cheesy, but sometimes it can work <laughs> under the right. In, yeah, it, under it, the right it, hands. it worked well. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I had soundtrack in here. I honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't really remember much about the soundtrack other than I Me think either. it like might have had a bunch of like weird kind of social network eerie Trent Reznor type sounds, like computer like hummings and beepings and uncomfortable noises to make you feel uncomfortable. Is that, is that yeah. kind of how you remember it? I actually thought it like stood out to me. Um, okay. And Emma and I were talking about this on the way out of the film. And um, I, I liked it a lot. It kind of reminded me a little bit of, like the new Blade Runner, like with yeah. some of like the different like synth sounds, but it had like some like upticks in it that I, I don't know. Like I, I thought it was interesting um, and I want to see it again, honestly, to like pay a little more attention to it. Cause I was intrigued enough by it. I want, I want to listen to it again. Yeah, I think th- this movie is going to benefit on rewatches. Uh, I mean, every time, like, right? Oh, this is one. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. I'll say this on the soundtrack: I appreciated how it subtly contributed to the feeling of tension without being ridiculous. You know, without I mean, without yeah, really noticing. Super dramatic. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it. Uh, I think it was I, very appropriately placed. I think it did a lot of the the emotions that I got were not just the acting and the the cinematography and like the situations. I think the music plays a lot into that because it was so subtextual. Like I think a lot of the feelings that I felt were because of the music, but it wasn't like you said, aggressive. It wasn't like when some shit happened, it wasn't like, you know, a bunch of like loud noises. And when they want you to think someone's badass, they play some nineties grunge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. You guys not right. notice the Nirvana song there when she was killing the crocodile? Uh, <laughs> killing I guess I was the only one. If Rob Zombie had made this movie, that would have had fucking happened for sure. Yeah, with the bodies of the floor, man. <laughs> yeah, drowning pool in there. That'd been awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Annihilation two, man, reannihilated. That's what it'll be called, and it'll have drowning pool do the soundtrack exclusively. <laughs> 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 oh man alright so to continue with this ridiculous one of my favorite scenario based questions good one if you could replace any character in this movie male or female with Nick Cage our boy which one would they be and why I'm gonna go first I would replace the crocodile the giant Nick Cage head damn it no, I'm just kidding that wasn't what I was picking at all <laughs> yeah I think I think that would have been harrowing uh, a giant Nick Cage face like coming out of the water and honestly who can say that Nick Cage I think it's scarier existed in this that world scary yeah. Nick Cage would have fucking 100% ridden into the shimmer on a horseback wearing a wife beater looking like the, his character from Con Air and he would have tried to tackle the shimmer by himself but then would have gotten morphed his DNA would have gotten morphed with the crocodile that's how he would have ended up with <laughs> Croc you Nick I think it would have been like Con Air channeling as he comes out of the water yeah, that'd yeah. Been good. a lot of Con Air there yeah that crocodile yeah. surely watched Con Air before it had that performance definitely yeah Took a couple bullets, kept walking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it could be face off. He's trying to become the crocodile. Could be face off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be kind of a face off spinoff that we can't rule that out. <laughs> All right, Freddie, what do you got? I have the Lena double before I knew her name. Uh, 
the actress's name I, I've picked. That would have been awesome. Like, you know, that materializing as Nick Cage. And then he's like stopping her from getting out, like by the like, mirror movement. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Wait, confused. is it Nick Cage's face on the silver body or is it just him like in regular clothes? It's probably him on the silver body, honestly, or like, you know, some, some combination thereof, but definitely not in regular clothes. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's a good you choice. Go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. Dear oh, Sandberg's uh, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <Yeah. here. laughs> You've been part of the shimmer. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Put down the grenade. <laughs> All right. We can't just keep doing this. John, what is, uh, what's your pick? All right. So my pick, um, I, I went um, a little more literal with my, my acting substitute. I thought he would have been a very startling choice to play the um, sensitive and lovelorn professor, Dan, that she has an affair with. And those uh-huh. brief scenes yeah. were, um, yeah, like the, the random ass, like cut back when she's like mounting him and he's like yeah. trying to comfort her in those moments. I think it would have been a good acting challenge for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> and a little disarming for the audience to just have him this random, like five minute, like role as Leah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and like a, a serious, a serious version of it. I think that would have been. Um, well, he would have showed up at the beginning of it, you know, when she's a professor, and he comes up and yeah. tells her, "Lena, you got to let go." Exactly, yeah. he tries to like touch her arm and like invites her. He's he invites her to dinner. <laughs> Come have dinner with me, Lena. Yeah, yeah, and she like rebuffs him. Yeah, I think that would have been a, an interesting choice. Yeah, good pick, good pick. That, yeah. I mean, that, that was kind of a weird thing. So, I, and and two to go back to the plot a little bit. When they first go into the shimmer, they lose like three days and don't know what happened. That was yeah. fucking cool. Like I, I was, was like, cool. oh shit! Like I'd never seen something like that before. Oh yeah, that, cool. I forgot about that. Right? How it that kicks was a really. Have cool. I been in the shimmer? Yeah, hell, I don't know. I I don't remember where I've been the last three days. You guys, have you guys checked our food supply? Yeah, I do. I think we are. Yeah, I think oh, I'm. Shit. Yeah, my wine is refilled, and I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, oh. Shit. <laughs> um, no, I liked. Uh, I like that scene a lot. I thought Jennifer Jason Lee was funny when she was like, you're oriented. Let's, let's keep going. Oh, that was awesome. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. She has like her hood up and like, she just keeps, she yeah. hood up and she's just standing there while they're all talking. And she's clearly like kind of worked it out, that some weird shit's going on while they're still coming to yeah. terms with it. Yeah. That was, that was so, great. And so in the book, uh, and they, they reveal this pretty early on. Um, and I think this is where that came from. The psychologist's role is to hypnotize them including herself in theory as they go into like the shimmer to like avoid whatever like happens when you walk through it. And so I don't like um, that as much. No. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And like, it's, it's, it's a very like convenient plot device. And so I think it's, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like, like a blackout drunk that suddenly remembers like things that happen to them, like in a narrative, like, um, and so the psychologist hypnotizing them becomes kind of like her, like nefarious way to like control their actions. And so, they, they they kind of alluded to that a little bit in that scene, I think. But um, they don't yeah. have. I mean, the shimmer is a magical plot device. Like you don't have to do anything. It's, it's right it, there. it works itself exactly. out. You just walk in, crazy shit happens. Like it's written you for you. Any, you don't need hypnosis. I know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. I never seen anything like that. Like that. I was like, whoa. Like a, you know, like a lot of the shit. These plot elements in these type of movies are so recycled. But I was like, that was very inventive and weird. And. Yeah. It's, I couldn't believe I hadn't seen it before, but then when it happened, I was like, "Oh, like that would be so." Imagine how, like, disconcerting that would be. Like, I, like, yeah. man, yeah. So, what are your? So, let's move on to our final scores. All right, we're going to score Annihilation right now on the Indie Cam Podcast, um, and our, give our final thoughts on the movie. Uh, we score things here, John, on on Barnes. So, we're one to four Barnes. 
uh, and you can do point, you can do decimal points. So if you give like a 2.5, whatever. Uh, and then if you, if, you know, if you think it was particularly good, certain elements were good, uh, you can light those shits on fire. So, you, you know, you can have the, the barns on fire. Uh, so right, we, give, give me, give me a model. You start, tell me how this works. Okay. Uh, I, I give annihilation directed by Alex Garland. I give it three barns. They're all on fire. Uh, I, with the possibility, the reason I definitely light those shits on fire is because I think upon rewatch, it's going to grow and it, and it will, I think it will, you know, be in my lexicon for a while. I think this movie's going to stick with me. It already has. We saw it last Thursday, you know, a, a week ago. Um, no, we saw it Sunday. Uh, yeah, so we saw it like four or five days ago, and it was it was it's just good. It's just it's riveting sci-fi. It's what sci-fi can truly be if done right. Uh, it's a very smart movie in the midst of all these dumbass movies that come out these days that doesn't try to dumb itself down for the audience. And it gives me hope yeah. that like more talented people like this. Hopefully, this movie makes enough money like to cover its costs, so that way like, they keep giving this guy projects because yeah. he's I mean he's he's incredibly talented. Um, so yeah, y'all go ahead. I'll give it 3.5 barns, not on fire. They have a shimmer of their own, I'll say. Um, and yeah, I definitely think I'm going to grow to like this movie more um, upon rewatch. Uh, I feel like there's still a lot to unpack there, especially not being distracted by um, what was going on at the time. Like there were things I didn't understand that threw me off, but then later came full circle. So yeah, I'm excited to see that without distractions. I agree. I, I gave it 3.5 as well. And I'm going to add fire to those 3.5 barns. And yeah, I think like, I, I wasn't like really sure what I thought about it after the fact. I knew I liked it. I knew I was like intrigued, but like the more like I thought about it, like it, it just makes me think, which I appreciate a lot. And I like continue to like dwell on it. I wanted to read the book immediately. Um, and it wasn't necessarily that I thought it was like the best movie that I just loved it, but I was very intrigued by it. It challenged me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was super I've been interesting. Thinking about it I want to like, yeah, I want to like learn more about it and I want to, um, I want to watch it again, which I, I wouldn't say I feel that about a lot of movies these days. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it sounds like we're all definitely go see this. If you, if you, know, if you like sci-fi, if you just like, a nice slow burn and with some good acting and good and everything good. Like, uh, if you like pretty colors, yeah, it's just a well-made. It yeah. looks a pretty. It's a pretty movie. There's a lot of pretty striking visuals in it, um, and it, it's uh, it's movies done right, um, especially in the doldrums of movies right now, where like a lot, not a lot of stuff's coming out in the early part of the year. So go check it out. So this has been episode six of In the Can, where we reviewed uh, Alex Garland's Annihilation. Um, this is the Chief, and I'm here with John and Freddie, uh, and we are the In the Can crew. So you can check out more podcasts at the-barnburner.com. And where we're doing movie podcasts, sports podcasts, got articles out the wazoo related to everything. Oscars coming up on Sunday. Exciting times for movies. And, uh, and boys, I really appreciate y'all joining me today. I uh, look forward to having y'all again. Did you have a good time, John? Yes, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Hope I, hopefully I'm invited back for more. I think, I think we can probably work that out. Uh, assuming it's right, you and not yeah, half Shimmer, John. It needs to be fully yes. you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let time tell. Okay. We don't actually, we could all be Shimmer ourselves. We don't know that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually Nick Cage. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You award. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that, actually, right. and I think, um, I think that they are streaming this on Netflix like this month. Yeah, um, we haven't talked about that. That's true. Yeah. yeah, so Netflix bought this, and I think that it's like coming out March 12th, is what I like saw on online. So like, we can watch it again very soon in the comfort of our homes. Yeah, it's yeah, and I highly if y'all haven't seen Ex Machina, watch that. How dare you?
Yeah. Do not speak. <laughs> you should not be named. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, it was fun, guys. We'll we'll see y'all later. All right. All right. Deuces. See ya.